0: Hello and welcome to this episode of the Ag State of Mind podcast, a proud member of the Global Ag Network. I am your host, Jason Meadows. Today is a solo episode of the podcast, and if you'll notice that I am releasing this episode much later in the day than I normally release it. I, I usually release episodes on Monday morning very early, sometimes even Sunday night, but this weekend i don't know what it was i don't know if it was the weather i don't know if i just had too much on my mind i didn't get a podcast recorded and and that's my i i want to apologize to you all the listeners because so many of you have been so faithful for listening to this podcast over the last two and a half years. I believe that you come to expect me to have a podcast every Monday morning. And I apologize that I let you down today because uh, it it was not really my intention. Um, I just, my heart wasn't in it this weekend. And, you know, with baseball season and everything going on over the last couple of months, I just really haven't had much chance to get anything recorded. And I... My family has taken precedent, and that's going to happen from time to time, and I've been very vocal about that, that my faith in God is my number one priority, uh, and behind that is my commitment to my family, to my wife, and to my children. Those all took precedent this weekend. We really honestly didn't have a whole lot going on this weekend for once. It was a rainy weekend. We really just kind of hung around the house, didn't do a whole lot, which was actually really kind of nice. So, I didn't really find the motivation to come record a podcast, but here it is Monday night. I had a great Monday. Uh, I actually just got off a podcast recording with Kendra Joyce of the Cutting Fences podcast, and it was one of the most enjoyable experiences I've had in quite some time. I really enjoy talking to Kendra. She's an occupational therapist, so her and I kind of speak the same health care and agriculture language, which is really cool. That's a There's there's a select few of us out there. So getting to talk to her on her Cutting Fences podcast was incredible. And it was so great. She is going to come on my podcast in a couple of weeks and we're going to have uh, probably a very similar type discussion. So uh, look for that coming very soon. One other thing before I get into the meat of this episode is I've been pushing this ag state of mind, Email list, and I know certain people just don't like email lists, and I, I can't say I blame you. And I I can't say that I've never I was never one of the people who didn't like email lists. There's a lot of email lists that I sign up for, and I end up unsubscribing or just always deleting the emails. I understand it; they're kind of annoying sometimes. Um, but the important thing to me is, it is the place where besides this podcast. The place where I get a little bit more personal, a place where I really kind of can show the diversity of the things that go on around here, because... I don't. I don't know. I, sometimes I feel pigeonholed on social media, um, but in the in the email list, I don't feel so. I feel much more free, and I'm I'm going to be much freer with my content on the email list. And it's the one way I can guarantee you all, the listeners of the podcast, the supporters of the podcast, uh, get all the unabridged, uncensored stuff from my mind to you all so go sign up for that email list and if you want a little bit more intimate in-depth look into what's going on at ag state of mind you can go to my website agstateofmind.com and you will find the link to sign up for the email list there so so all right on to today what i want to talk about today and over i think it was friday i wrote a piece and it was. I mean, I'll be honest. I had a, I had a rough mental week last week, and I, I can't really, I can't really pinpoint what it was. Just I'm just I'm growing ever so frustrated with the price of inputs on the farm, diesel being so high, fertilizer being high, everything just being so high, and I found out. Honestly, and I'm, I'm going to be completely honest here. I was almost in a victim mindset and saying, hey, these things are happening to us. It's happening to me. And, and they are. They are happening to us. And it is frustrating that there are people who don't understand uh, the things that we're going through. But I have zero control over this. But I still I still wanted to kind of post my frustrations about what was going on. You know, and I'm not a political pundit or an economist by by any means, but I am someone who has paid attention quite a bit to what's going on in the world in the last oh year, two years, three years really. So we are at a point in history where our country is so polarized. It's the most polarized it has been in my lifetime. You know, some say it's nowhere near as bad as it was in the late 60s. I I have no idea because I wasn't obviously alive during the late 60s. But I I definitely know it's the most polarized and divided we have been in our lifetime. You know, and I I can't really say who's to blame for that. I, I would like to say, oh, this guy, this woman, this whoever is, is to blame for this. And I, I, but I really can't, I have no idea. I have no idea who's to blame for all this thing. And I, I have a feeling that there are multiple peoples all across the political spectrum that are to blame for this. Um, but my concern really is, is how we've, I, I feel like producers have been handcuffed so much over the last few years. You know, not it's the people that are producing the food, fiber, and fuel, not only for our nation, but for, our honestly, our entire global society. And I feel like we're just in this perfect storm of madness in the ag community. I feel like things are just, uh, it's almost like a powder keg. I, I talked about it earlier. Input prices were already on the rise. I mean, they were already high. And then we have this energy crisis. And diesel currently, I I looked at the end of last week and the price of diesel across the country as an average of $5.56 a gallon. And the average price for a ton of starter fertilizer is $837. So, I mean, we are already way, way deep in the hole and we're already setting ourselves up for a down production year. And then I, I got on into my drovers email Uh, i get a daily email from drovers Uh, it's drovers has been my favorite cattle magazine since i could read honestly i remember my dad for for years and years earmarking uh, certain articles in drovers for me to read and that sort of stuff so it's always been my favorite magazine so uh, now that i get it in email version it's even even better but it, it i opened up the article and it showed that 49%, so almost half, half of the U.S. pasture and range conditions were either rated poor or very poor by the USDA. And like already, things are already tough. We're already setting ourselves up for a bad year. And now. We're also, not to add to all of that, insult to injury, we're in a drought. I mean, so like they're, we're getting attacked from all angles and these angles are all outside of our control. You know, we're already heavily taxed and heavily regulated. And I feel like we're adding even more stress to our nation's producers. But and part of this is, I feel like it's a call to action for us farmers and ranchers that we need to flip the script a little bit. We need to take more control of, of our industries. We need to do things that are going to put the control back in the hands of the producers and have them have a more direct line to the consumer. And, and I'm not saying cut out the middleman and I'm not saying everything, every single operation needs to be farm to table or anything like that. But I do believe that we need to take more control of our industry. We need to be more mindful of the relationships that we have. And we need to understand that we need to do our best to take care of ourselves. And I think the frustrating part is, is there's a lot of these decisions that are made on the government level by people who are, I mean, in a lot of cases, thousands of miles away. I mean, the federal government is in Washington, D.C., which is on the complete other side, you know, three time zones away from my friend Kaya Twisselman's family ranch in, in California. You know, they're on the central coast. I also have friends in Hawaii who raise cattle. So, I mean, even, even more far from that. So, it, it's hard to imagine that the people there... And again, we elect a lot of the people there, but a lot of other people there are also appointed. So it's really frustrating sometimes to know that there are people who have seemingly very little skin in the game who are making the decisions for our our industry. And I think i think a big part of it is we need to do our best to take back that control as farmers and ranchers and so I'm, as far as this is concerned i'm going to kind of talk about our family and what we've done to kind of prepare because you know i've been knowing that these lean times have been coming honestly for a couple of years now um you know covid obviously was a big uh, wake-up call we've always been very uh, self-sufficient when it comes to our own protein. You know, we we, we slaughter our own beef. Uh, we kill two or three deer for, for meat every year. And we buy usually two lambs every year at the county fair. So we've become pretty, we, we always have plenty of protein. But even us who are very self-sufficient seemingly in, in the protein we have depended on outside for all of our other calories lots of you know vegetables fruits a lot of times we buy those from the store and we see that you know there is a very very real potential that we may have some uh, lean times ahead of us, and we wanted to be prepared for that. And I'm I'm so proud of Carrie and and the work that she and Levi really have done. I mean, I'd like to take more credit for it, but you know, the most thing I the most work I've done is spread some um, mulch in her no-till part of the garden earlier this just a couple of days ago i mean that's the most work i've done at all Uh, so i mean it's been honestly her and the boys taking the most care of it Uh, but she's she's done so much work prepping our vegetable garden getting it ready for plant and she's even bought a canner to, to hopefully plan and prep for the possible lean times going forward and i know that we're some of the lucky ones we have we have direct access to and connection to a lot of our food. And our kids, I'm very happy that Carrie and I have made the decisions to be very mindful of our food and all, always know where it comes from. And and we pray every single night for our nation, nation's leaders and the policymakers. And, and we also really pray every night for those who are feeling the squeeze of these lean times because I know we're some of the fortunate ones. We are getting the high diesel, high fertilizer, but I've been preparing this place for a little while to, to mitigate some of that, those high inputs. We don't rely on as much hay. We don't rely on as much outside fertilizer fertilizer. Um, we are still going to put up some of our own hay, but not near like we have been in the past. So we've uh, and over at my dad's house, we've sold some cows. We've gotten a, we've gotten ahead of these these potential hard times. and and I know that we I'm, I'm very happy with a lot of the work that we've done to to kind of mitigate this. And we've been very blessed with moisture this year. you know so I mean we we still we pray every night because I know we are in the minority of the nation's producers who are, And if you look at this week's drought monitor map, I mean, almost the entire Western part of the United States is covered in some sort of color that isn't white. If you're familiar with the drought monitor, you know, it's different shades of yellow, orange, red, and dark red, you know, depending on the drought conditions and how severe, the darker, the red, the darker, the color, the more severe, the drought conditions are. And if you look at that, I mean, there is a good portion of the U S that's in red and dark red. Uh, so, I mean, we are very, and we are not the entire state of Missouri is in the white and we are very fortunate and I feel very blessed for that. And I, I don't, and I wanted to make sure, and I said this in the blog and I said this on my Facebook posts um, and, and all across social media, that I don't write this or say any of this to, for anybody to have pity on anybody else. We chose this lifestyle. You know, but I do want to say it and write it and put it out there to bring awareness. And I want to have this grassroots effort for our society to begin to take a real interest into what is going on in our supply chain. And that the decisions of these bureaucrats that are in cities uh, is tearing away the living from family farms and ranches miles and miles away. And... And the easy thing to do here is bl- blame it on big corporate ag. And you know, there's I think there's a certain level of that, but I mean, also big corporate ag also provides a lot of these s- livings for, for some of these family farms as well. So I mean, I can't blame it all on corporate agriculture because let's face it, I don't think that we could have what we have without corporate agriculture. Um, so I do think that there's a place for that. You know, even though that doesn't sound ideal, that doesn't sound like the way it should be, I do believe that there is a place for corporate agriculture. And, and I, I want to make that very clear. But I also think that there is a very important place for smaller operations as well to play. And I think I think, it takes operations of all sizes. And, and I, I hope and I pray that we come through all these really tough years that we have both behind us and ahead of us unscathed and then all of this that preparation that we are making right now is unnecessary but however I, I also pray that these years kind of wake people up to the real issues in this country and that we must first take care of our foundation and that part of that foundation is yes it is agriculture but it's also the transportation sector it's also infrastructure logistics healthcare, all these essential industries that i mean we would not have society without and I feel like those are the most important issues in this country and I'm going to get some pushback and I know that people are going to tell me no these are no there are other issues and I respectfully disagree on that and I think all the other issues that are facing this country that are popular on both Fox News and MSNBC uh those aren't the real issues in this country. The real issues are taking care of us here at home. Uh, It's to take care of our foundation. My friend Paige Delaney, she kind of she shared Maslow's hierarchy of needs. And, you know, at the very bottom is the foundation is we need food, we need shelter. And we need, you know, so that means we need infrastructure, we need to make sure that our most basic needs here in this country are met. And then we can go up that hierarchy and take care of the needs that are, are less vital to our own survival. So I want you all to share this episode with your friends and colleagues. Go to my social media, share the post where we're talking about this, go to my blog, share the blog. And I want to get this out there. I want this to be a grass, like I said, a grassroots effort to where we can kind of get out ahead potentially and make our voices be heard. I want, and I don't, think that I'm not one of those people who thinks that Washington, D.C. is a complete swamp. You know, I, I do think that there are people there who maybe shouldn't be. But I also think that there are people there who very important people there who are doing good work as well. Um, so I want to make sure that people... All across this country know that there are people who are paying attention and I want to all of us to know what the real issues are in this country. And that's why I made this podcast, why I made these posts, because I have a platform that I am wanting to do the best I can for our nation's producers and I want to be an advocate for our nation's producers. And I know there are so many people who don't have the platform like I have. And I know my platform isn't the biggest. I'm 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 very well aware of that. But it is it isn't small either. And there are a significant a number of people who hear my voice every week and listen and read my posts. And I have I feel like I have a duty to be a voice for them. Whether no matter how big or small it may be, and I challenge all of you to share this podcast with those who uh, may you know, may not be totally aware of of what's going on, and and let them shine some light on what's going on and and the hard times that some of our nation's producers are facing because it's 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 really hard. So, all right. I appreciate you guys just like every week. Again, my apologies for not getting this out as early as I normally would, but I, I appreciate your patience and, and always sticking with me and listening to this podcast. So until next week, we'll have some more great guests, like, like Kendra coming up in the next couple of weeks. So, all right. I appreciate you guys and uh, have a great week. Thanks for listening to Ag State of Mind. We hope this episode has encouraged you. Be sure to follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at AgStateOfMind. And don't forget to subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or Spotify so you never miss an episode. See you next week.